When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even, checkout's not until four, so. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VSEN. Okay, it's a big hour here on the Lombardi line. We've got Samich in 12, and then, of course, the great Mike Palm with Palms Pressing 3 coming up in about 20 minutes. So look forward to that. Michael Lombardi there. I'm Patrick Maher. This is the Lombardi line presented by BetMGM. It's VSEN, the sports betting network. It's time for no way, no doubt. No way, Again, no if doubt. you disagree, no way. If you agree, the classic Michael Lombardi, no doubt. No doubt. I think I, think I know which way the first one's going to go, but let's have a little fun with it. The Chargers, <laughs> I can't say it without laughing. The Chargers will regret keeping Brandon Staley on as their head coach. Do you disagree? No way. Or do you agree? No doubt. No doubt. No doubt. I mean, look, you know, it's uh, whenever you let, whenever you know the outcome and you allow outside factors to affect your decision on the outcome, it's going to be a bad choice. And so to me, you've watched this guy coach and forget about everything, forget about the decision making. Here's what I would say if I were talking to Dean Spanos or any of the Spanos children is what has he done to improve us defensively? His area of expertise, what he coaches, what he believes in, in terms of defensive acumen, like why do we think he's going to be able to fix that problem? Why do we think that's going to happen? I mean, we couldn't stop anybody in the run game this year. Now, he's going to blame the general manager because he doesn't think he has enough good players. But we couldn't stop the run. You know, we were not very good. You know, we gave up too many explosive plays. We're 20th in the league in yards per attempt. Now, we were good on yards. We are only 7th in the league in yards allowed. But that's because teams could run the football on us. And when they chose to run the ball on us, some teams just didn't run the ball like Miami. But to me, I think there's no doubt they're going to regret this decision strongly, in my opinion. Great. Next one up, no way. You disagree or no doubt you agree. Tom Brady will play in the NFL next season, but not for Tampa. No doubt. At Tampa, I mean, even Julian Edelman, I think on, on Instagram yesterday, said he's not going back to Tampa. 
Uh, Tampa's over. It has nothing to do with Leftwich getting fired. That move wasn't made to try to get them back in the Brady Derby. I think they know in Tampa Brady's sailing from, for different seas. Whether he plays or not, I don't know. There's no way I know that. There's no doubt he's not playing in Tampa. So I'm going to give you two answers on, the, on one question. I, I can't predict the future in terms of when you're at 45 years old, do you continue to play do you, the game you love? Do you continue to have that fire burn in your belly to compete? I will say this, however. I don't think his skill set has diminished as much as people want to make it out to be on television. You know, his arm strength is still really good, and his eye level is still up the field. I mean, I don't think he was worried about getting hit. Now, I think there's a lot that goes to how he looks and how he's played that he has to assume some responsibility for, too, but also the whole system of offense has to assume some responsibility. No doubt he's going to be playing, but not for Tampa Bay. I think you're 100% correct there. Okay, no way, no doubt. The NFC East will be the deepest division in the NFL for the foreseeable future. No way or no doubt? No way. No way. No way. I mean, look, Washington, I mean, it was a fortunate time this year. You know, I mean, the Giants are 9-7-1, and and it's a great story. And they may, they may win and keep going. But they have a lot of things they got to fix on their team. They played a lot of close games too. Remember, we were talking about them and the and the Vikings being lucky, both teams, right? So, mm-hmm. okay, right. got that. You know, Dallas is good. There's no denying that. Philly, where are they going with Hurts? Are they going to sign him to a long term contract? Are they going to give him all the money? I think they probably will. Based on this, this, I think these next two games in Philadelphia, if they win this one, then the next one will determine that. And then, you know, Washington doesn't have a quarterback. I mean, the, the it's laughable who they're interviewing for offensive coordinator. So I could easily see the Giants and Phil and Washington not being to the elite level because they don't they don't have an elite quarterback. You know, if you don't have an elite quarterback, it's hard to be a dominating division. Okay, that's a tremendous segue into the next no way, no doubt. And I love this one. This one's juicy. Interested to get your answer. Brock Purdy will enter next season as the 49ers starting quarterback. No way or no doubt about Brock Purdy? No doubt about Brock Purdy. He he wins this game, he's the starter. He wins next game, he's the starter. I don't know if I, – I, I don't know – I think he's done enough to be named the starter now winning a playoff game. But as I told Femi on the pod today, like, Femi, look, when, we, when, when they played Houston in a preseason game and Lance was bad – that plane ride home, we predicted on our show here, Patrick, we predicted on the pod that that Kyle Shanahan was going to call Jimmy Garoppolo. And it turned out to be true. Like, there was no way he was going in the season this way. So, so we know that when Purdy got the chance to play well, he played well. When Lance did, he didn't. Now, Femi's got a lot of excuses in his pocket and his utility belt. And so he auditioned that, well, he hasn't played a lot. Well, I mean – how long are you going to hang on to that? You know, I know he hasn't a lot of game experience, but he's been in the system for a while. I think there's no doubt Brock Purdy comes back as the starter next year. Now, the question is, the question is, do they bring Garoppolo back? Do they sign him? Do they go after Brady and keep Purdy for a year? I think a lot of that depends on what's going on. Do I think they feel like, yeah, Lance is still the guy, and we're all in this. And remember the rhetoric. We're going to change the offense. Kyle's offense is stale. You know, it's not good enough with that. With Purdy, rookie contract, very, very cheap. 
you might be able to recoup some value in Lance if Carthon loves him. And now you got a chance to spread that money even further around and build up the team. So the assumption would be the 49ers are already. It's not like it's an overwhelming draft class of quarterbacks. It's Will Levis. It's Bryce Young. It's C.J. Stroud. The assumption would be they have to be shopping Lance because Lance is not the future in San Francisco. There's no doubt. I think they know that. And I think that's why Carthon hiring is so fascinating because what, what does he think of them? You know, when guys leave places like Matt LaFleur, Mike LaFleur leaves the Jets, the first everybody's going to have a conversation about Zach Wilson with them, right? You know, every coach who coached Derek Carr at the Combine is going to get approached by people that might be interested in Carr and say, tell me the real deal on this guy. See, what people don't understand, the fans don't understand, is there's, a, there's this network going through. Some teams overlook it. Obviously, Washington didn't listen to anybody on Wentz. They just went ahead and made the trade for him. But there was enough conversation out there. Whereas Indianapolis, you say, well, they didn't listen to anybody either. Well, they, the reason they didn't listen to anybody is they had the coach in their building, Frank Wright, who was standing on a table for Wentz. It's hard to ignore that. It's hard to I coach the guy. I know the guy. When you first person the evaluation, it dismisses everybody else's. You follow me? So that's a hard thing to do. Well, that's why we have to – it'd be interesting to know what Carthon's opinion of Lance was because that could have just been a Lynch decision, right? We know it wasn't a Shanahan decision I think it was – well, first of all, Carthon never really was involved with the draft. I know it's hard. He got a GM job. He never – he was an advanced scout. He did advanced scouting, and he was in pro. He's not really ever been in college. I'm sure he's done college tape. I'm not saying and I'm not saying he's not qualified for the job. I'm just saying he's going to need some experience on this, but he's got opinion. He goes I think he went to practice every day. He watched practice tape every day. He's watched Lance. He has an opinion of Lance. Yeah, could be the same as yours though. That is the fascinating part. Who who has a high opinion right now of Lance, especially coming off the injury? Besides Femi Femi has hung. It, it appears Femi has hung his hat on Justin Fields and Trey Lance. Is that that? Yeah. Those are the I two mean, best you know, in, the, in the NFL. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, Fe- Justin Fields is a running back, and everybody knows that. But Femi, but 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 look, you know, it's like Femi's point on Lance is we don't have enough data, and my point is, yeah, that's true. Had, but you drafted him without game experience, and nobody anticipated he was going to turn this corner. You you didn't want Garoppolo back because you thought he would turn the corner, and then that game in Houston when he didn't play well in the preseason, everybody panicked. So the best way in 2023 to find out what the younger generation is feeling is to go to IG, Instagram. And when Carthon was hired in Tennessee as the general manager, Trey Lance took to Instagram and did the crossing fingers emoji, which would make one believe they have a relationship, and Lance is saying, I hope I'm a Titan next year. Okay. I, th- I mean, look, Lance is a good kid. He's a smart kid. He's seeing Purdy do something that he couldn't do. He, Kyle can't go into the locker room on, on the start of July and say, Lance is the starter. He's earned it. Purdy, thank you for taking us to the playoffs, but you can go back to being the seventh pick, the seventh rounder, or Mister Irrelevant. You lose credibility with that. Lance is smart enough to see this. Like every win, Lance knows his chances of playing become less and less. Now, 
if something happened to Purdy, maybe that's different. We'll see. There's a pretty good chance. And again, I don't have confirmation on this, but there's a pretty good chance on the broadcast coming up this Sunday, you might hear about Purdy being Mr. Irrelevant. There's a good yeah, chance. Yeah, might be. And you might hear about they still love Trey Lance. Don't don't think don't think John Lynch isn't taking out endorsements on that. Don't think he's buying billboards with the crew. Hey, mention that we still love Lance. Mention that we still love Lance. Don't think that. They do a great job of selling. They do a great job of selling. Don't don't dismiss that. That's an advertisement. People don't people don't think that. You know, they take that. Like this is what I learned from Al Davis. Anything that the, the announcers say at that game that they get from the team directly is an advertisement. You think they're going to say, we hate Lance, we're going to sell him? We're going to trade him? We're going to get rid of him? No, of course not. They're going to say, hey, we love, don't forget now, we love Lance. I mean, it's going to be an open competition next year, no matter what Purdy does. So just, just so you know, Lance, this is Lance's team. You're being kind with advertisement. Wouldn't a synonym be propaganda? That's propaganda, yes, it would my be. man. Yeah, it would that's be. A, that's propaganda. All right, good stuff. No way, no doubt. Always enjoy it. Coming up next, professional handicapper Mike Samich joins the show, and then we have... The man, Mike Palm, with Palm's Pressing 3. So a good 45 to go here on the Lombardi Line, presented by BetMGM. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. And that makes us FACET for life now, I guess. <laughs> Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Listening to the Lombardi Line on VSIN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. 
Okay, BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks, the sponsor of the Lombardi line for years now. Remember, newly reconfigured the app so that in-game experience is money. Go to BetMGM.com or download the BetMGM app right now. 21 years or older, 1-800-GAMBLER. If you have an issue, want to just, again, remember, we were just talking about Michael Lombardi's look ahead to the divisional round. Those articles are exclusive for VEASAN pros. VEASAN.com slash subscribe right now for $9.99 introductory offer. You get the picks. Now, I send over whenever Mike Samich has a play. I send them over to Elliot or Bill AD. Also, we just sent over two Thomas Gable college basketball plays. Uh, remember, those are for VEASAN pros as well. Samich, who joins us now, professional handicapper, he's 10-3 and three since week 17 with VEASAN and Lombardi line plays. I know you're not one to toot your own horn, my man, but congratulations. How are we feeling? I appreciate it. I'm excited. I love the playoffs. The playoffs are a great time. You get to really dive into some specific games, trying to see where you can find some angles. And it's been a good run for me in the playoffs the last couple of years. It was a good start to the to the season last week. So hopefully we can keep it rolling here for you this weekend. Yeah, that's it. You know, the playoffs, there's nothing like this weekend. I mean, I think this is, you know, obviously, you know, we. I, I said this, Mike, I'd love to hear your thinking. I think you got to what what happened last week, you got to kind of dismiss it as you go into this week because last week is last week and the matchups are all different. Oh, 100%. I mean, you, you, we talk a lot about overreactions after week one of the NFL season. This is the second most overreacted week in my mind where you have these – everyone's watching basically six primetime games – in wild card weekend, you saw all of the teams. Everyone's going to overreact to the performances there. I think you really see that the most in that Giants, uh, the Giants Eagles spread, where I don't think the Giants should be seven and a half. I thought that game should be closer to eight or nine. But I think because people watched Brian Dable and and uh, Daniel Jones look so good against the Vikings team that's not that good, I think that they're getting bet here where they probably don't deserve to be. Think you're right. Divisional round pick Samich got a beautiful graphic. Good job, Elliot, and the crew back at Circuit to support it. So we'll start with Patrick. The first can I one. interrupt real quick? Yeah, I of think course. we got to make the. Uh, uh, Greg Roman is out as the offensive coordinator of the Baltimore Ravens. No I mean, kidding. if you read the press release, you would you would be almost shocked at at. I mean, you wonder why they fired him. You know, now they're couching it as they're going to go in different different directions, but you know. Uh, I think obviously we all know. I don't think it says anything that related to Lamar. I think it has a lot related to their inability to find a passing game. I was going to ask you the follow-up question to that would naturally be: What does this mean for Lamar? Is this beneficial? Does it make him want to stick around more? You you would know more than I. I, I think to me, it's it, it 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 depends on who they hire. I think if they get somebody from the Shanahan tree, which is what I've been saying they should do for the last three years, get them under center. You know, run some, you know, run the boots, the naked, run the outside zone, get somebody that understands that, then I think they'd have a chance. So, you know, but this to me, this move, Greg Roman's a good guy, all those things. This is not personal, but there's no passing game, you know. And when you, I don't know, Mike, what you thought, but watching that game on, on Sunday and basically taking a minute five off the clock, uh, from the time they got the, the penalty, but by the time they started a two-minute drill, they essentially took a million five off the clock, a minute five off the clock, and, and acted like they were going to get it in the end zone, to me just shows they don't really know how to run a two-minute offense. It literally looked like they were trying to run the least amount of plays possible under two minutes there, which it was just a mess, especially for a team that runs the ball so much better than they throw it. You want as many plays as possible, get up to the line, run those plays and do what you can. And it, the clock management was awful. 
I don't see how this team moves on from Lamar at this point, though. If you do, you're going into a complete rebuild because you have nobody in the skill positions. So you have to keep yeah. that that dynamic quarterback from a running perspective because if you go to a traditional style offense, who are you going to throw the ball to? There, there, there's no one yeah. on this offense that I'm scared of. So changing the offensive coordinator, I agree with you. I love the idea of getting Lamar under center, running play action, getting him outside the pocket, making him more dangerous with both his legs and his arm from that perspective. But you still have to address the wide receiver issue you have on this team. I think it's a design issue, and I know we got to get to your picks, but I think you got to address the design. Like, who do you want to be? I mean, we were watching the Giants last week with receivers. Their best receiver drops the most critical play of the game. Like, once you know what the design is, it's easy to fit the receivers in. But to me, the problem in Baltimore has been a design and a production problem. The design for Lamar never matched, and the production for the des- for the design that Roman wanted didn't match in terms of the talent they brought in. Like Lamar needs big receivers with wide with long wingspans because he's not going to be the most accurate thrower. Meanwhile, they're bringing in you know I mean God knows we watched one game where the the announcer said oh you got to watch Deshaun Jackson that he puts fear into people. Meanwhile, he's on the waiver wire two weeks a week later, ten days later. <laughs> so you know to me it's a little bit of both. Yeah, I totally agree. By the way, to your point, the Ravens did him a favor. They said they decided to part ways. It was mutual. So Greg can pursue other opportunities, a.k.a. he got can't. Okay, let's go well, to I Samich's mean, place. Yeah. Go ahead, Michael. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, you know, they, they have respect for him. It didn't work. I think they're trying to do this the most diplomatic way they can and, get, and let them do it. Totally agree. We'll throw up the plays. Chiefs, Jags, under. And one that you texted me a couple of days we threw up on the sheet for VEASAN pros with the, was the Chiefs uh, six-point tease with the Eagles. Why don't we start there with the Chiefs two-and-a-half and the Eagles one-and-a-half, Mike? Yeah, we talked a little about the Eagles kind of right off the top. I think that game should be lined closer to, to eight and a half or nine in favor of the Eagles. So teasing this down to one and a half, I think is a great spot. When you're looking at the rest of the card, the other teaser that makes sense to me here is the Chiefs, who I do think have a pretty big advantage here. It, you heard Michael talk about this. You have these teams that, that people just saw that get excited about. And now this week you head into a team that has rest. Well, this Chiefs team has rest. They've got playoff experience. Arrowhead's a tough place to play. It's supposed to be cold with a little bit of snow. I don't see how the Chiefs lose this football game. I think this is a great spot for Kansas City to be able to move forward. I'm not positive they cover the 8.5, and, and I don't think you're going to see 8.5 stay on the board all that long. I expect this game to go to 9, maybe even 9.5 by kickoff. So if you want to cheese the Chiefs, I think now is the time. You can get them down to minus 2.5. You can get the Eagles down to minus 1.5. Basically, you just need the top the one seeds from both conferences to advance into the next round to cover that one. So I, I like that teaser quite a bit, as does the rest of the world. That's going to be one of those... Uh, heavily played plays there on Saturday since both of those games are there. I also like the under in this spot. The Kansas City has been the highest line team all year. They've had 10 games where the total has been 50 or higher. They started the season two and two in those games with the under and the over. Since then, the under is six wins and one loss. So six of those next seven games have gone under. Only one game has gone over. To me, 53 is just a little bit too high here for a Chiefs team that likes to run the football. Andy Reid likes to control the clock in the playoffs and a Jacksonville team that wants to establish the run. I mean, both of these teams are close to 60 percent pass, 40 percent run. I think both of them are going to keep it on the ground. And when the Chiefs get a lead, they sit on that lead. They like to just slow it down, run the least amount of possessions possible. So I I think this game, you kind of have to lean toward that under with 53, which is a wildly big total. I, I also think people are betting overs after last weekend where we saw Five of the six games go over, and that sixth game just missed by a half point. 
I, I think you're – I mean, the Giants need an – the Giants got to slow the game down. We know that, right? The Bengals need to slow it down. I mean, every team that ha- that's the dog in the game has to slow it down. Now, in fairness, Mike, the Jacksonville Jaguars, they tried to slow it down in the first game. They couldn't execute on third down. They had their chances in the game, and really Lawrence didn't play well, and they missed some opportunities, and the field goal kicker missed two kicks too in the game. But I, I agree with you. I think that the, the Chiefs will slow it down, too. You know, I, I don't think – there's no way I think the Chiefs are going to lose. But I think Jacksonville will give them a better game. I don't love Jacksonville's defense, but I do think they'll give them a better game. I mean, they made some plays in the game, the Chiefs did, with Mahomes' ability to move around. And he was dead – he was four for five in the red area again. Yeah, I expect Jacksonville to try and take away Kelsey. They've struggled against tight ends all year. So my expectations, you're going to see a lot of double teams on him, make the other weapons beat you. I wouldn't be shocked if Andy Reid responds by running the football with Pacheco. He's looked really good in the second half of the season. My main issue here with with playing the Chiefs is Doug Peterson. He's been a phenomenal playoff coach. We saw that last week and be able to get that team to rally against the Chargers. So to me, I'm not really interested in betting the line. I I like the under here. I'm going to make the play there and then play this teaser and hopefully can uh, get both of those home to start out the week right. Okay, we have a minute, so I want to do this. Pro tips every day here for VEASAN pros. Let's go ahead and throw up uh, Mike Samich's pro tip for the day, and that is about shopping derivative market here, Mike. Yeah, this one is really interesting to me. I I like Kansas City to win the AFC after what I saw from Buffalo and Cincinnati last week. Buffalo's defense really has been struggling. Miami had a ton of opportunities in that game. Sometimes the pass wasn't good. Sometimes they dropped the football, but there were a lot of open wide receivers there. And Cincinnati has a ton of offensive line issues. So in my mind, you got to look at Kansas City to win the AFC at this point. They're minus 500 to get to plus 130. If you're parlaying that, that means they're minus 115 next week. I expect them to be a bigger favorite. So I do think there is some value at plus 130. But if you shop around, you can get the number better than that. So uh, one prominent online book has what what division will win the AFC? AFC West is plus 145. Kansas City is the only team left in the AFC West. You can get plus 145 versus plus 130. Another prominent book has Kansas City plus 130 to win the AFC. But in the yes-no market, they have them at plus 132. If you look around, you can get a better number if you look for the derivative markets versus just looking at the simple market. So make sure you're shopping around if you're going to play any of these future markets. Awesome that job. is that is awesome, and that's creative shopping. Okay, awesome and that's important. Job. And yeah, wonderful, Mike Samich. Great job, man. Appreciate you. RacingDudes.com. Appreciate it. Enjoy Mike. the games. Have a good weekend, guys. We'll see you next week. Okay, there he goes. And remember, you can get his plays over at Veasan.com/slash subscribe. Coming up next, we'll have more on Greg Roman let go by the Ravens. And Mike Palm, he'll have something to say about it next. to the Lombardi line on VSEN featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, a lot of you are just getting used to VSEN and the Lombardi line, so we have an introductory offer for you, 9.99. We've never done it before to become a pro, vsin.com/subscribe. Again, just 9.99 to sign up. Pro tools, pro picks at a glance and pro tips. You just heard a pro tip from Samich, so make sure you sign up vsin.com/subscribe. And again, we do the handicapping for you. We'll email you a plethora of picks every single day. It's 9.99 over at vsin.com/subscribe. Okay, it's that time of the week, 10.30, my oh, time on I a Thursday. It. Mike Palm. They should play the national anthem, or Sinatra should sing before he comes on. I think that would be ideal. Well, Mike could sing. Mike, would you like to sing the national anthem to start your segment today? <laughs> That's a tough song to sing. It's not, not, a, it great, not a great melody. 
How about some Lee Greenwood? God bless the USA. Yeah. That, that's a yeah, better song. It's a very special. God bless America is is a bop. You're very special right. appearance here. The Geppetto, the puppet master, Bill Adi is in studio here with me. So you know, let's be on our best behavior. Love that. Love that. I love that. <laughs> we, 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 yes, we have to. The Lord of Vison, Bill Ad, is hanging it. out. And by the way, He's for nobody. new subscribers, go sign up for the Bill Ad Daily Newsletter. It's free. Vison.com. That's a my, my plug goal for is boy. to write a novel one day and have Bill Ad as a character character in the novel there's so much to him it's just so good he's doing a lot of interviews for bleacher report out at stadium swim i see on twitter so he's been a busy guy <laughs> he, he he had his carrie grant glasses on and i think he was doing well uh okay a uh, couple things one i don't know michael if i can read what you texted about greg roman but greg roman is out as the ravens offensive I coordinator didn't write we'll anything. Get i did not write anything uh, you could read anything i wrote I no 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 i just I... you said maybe he ends up in michigan Oh, I mean, look, the Harbaugh's love Roman. You could just see by the press release how painful it was for John to make this decision. I mean, read that press release. They go through chapter about the history of what he's been able to accomplish. I mean, it's great respect towards Greg. It certainly is, and he deserves it. I mean, they're not lying about what they've accomplished, and I'm sure this is a really hard decision because I thought this was the decision they should have made last year. And I don't think this is linked to Lamar and trying to endear themselves to Lamar. I think this is finally somebody in that building said, we don't have a passing game. And if we don't throw the ball, we're never going to win. Mike Palm, reaction, Greg Roman out with the Baltimore Ravens. Well, we were on this train two and a half years ago uh, with (laughs) Greg Roman. Now the question is, who's the first phone call? Is it Jim Harbaugh at Michigan? Who employed Greg Roman at Stanford? remember, as his OC for two years before he went to work for his brother in Baltimore? Or is it A.J. Russo at Holy Spirit of Seeking and try to get Greg Roman back there, maybe as an offensive line coach? Well, I I think, you know, look, I think to me what Roman brings to the table is a really good run game. Uh, And he runs the – look, he runs the ball last week with Huntley. The problem is there's no passing game and there's no play action off of it. If he went somewhere where he was a run game coordinator, maybe I could see that. But you you can't let him run the game because there's no passing game to it. Somebody's got to link it together. And I think that's a hard thing to do. I mean, like, if say Tennessee tried to hire. Like, you can't run his run game with Henry back there. Well, maybe he calls Bill AD to get a cabana at Stadium Swim. Because he apparently Bill has the uh, and Greg is going to take it a couple of minutes off. Uh, okay, so Greg Roman out, and you and Berman was on that too. And you and Berman, congratulations, Mike Palm. You guys were talking about this years ago. Anything else surprise you as far as the shakeups, uh, head coaches, assistant coaches? Well, what stands out to you, Mike Palm? Well, look, I I supposed and and I didn't think this through last weekend that perhaps. If the Chargers got drilled in, in Florida, that that this would make wave uh, to get rid of the boy genius Staley. But, you know, if you think through it and you look at the history of the Spanos family, they hired Mike McCoy, who was not a name at all, and held on to him. They hired Anthony Lynn, no head coaching experience, probably held on to him two years too long. They took this this team from a city that loved and supported them. They don't admit mistake on that. And they're not going to admit a mistake after two years on Staley. And so what do they do? They fire the assistant coaches. And, and that's, I mean, I scoured every media source I could to see Staley's comments after that loss and to see if he went back down and he went and broke down where, where that game was lost with a 27-0 lead. Nothing. 
He said nothing no. that I could find anywhere than I feel bad for the guys in the locker room. That's that's no all doubt. he said. He took no responsibility for the play calling, no. no responsibility for getting Mike Williams hurt. And so um, the poor folks that uh, still support the Chargers are, are stuck with this guy. Yeah, no doubt. I agree with you, Mike. I looked for it, too. I wanted to see him. But like the great Charlie Munger said in, in his wonderful coffee table book, uh, The Wisdom of Charlie Munger, he said, the worst thing you want to do is hire somebody with 120 IQ that thinks he has 170 IQ. And that's what we got here. The guy won't admit his mistakes, and he thinks he's smarter than everybody else. And, you know, and look, I think that number on the Chargers, I think the book, Circa, all these hotels, when that number comes out, people are going to say that number looks too low for the Chargers on their overtotal next year when that's going to be because they were they went cheap. If they would have hired a really good coach, that number probably, I would think, would be a game different than what the number is going to come out. Think about think about Justin Herbert and in and, and in the peak of his physical prowess in his life, these are the three coaches he's had. Mario Cristobal, Anthony Lynn, and Brandon Staley. Think about that. And, and think I say this, Anthony Lynn did a better job at the Chargers than Staley's doing. I would agree with you. I think they were they were more balanced. Anthony Lynn had a problem with game management in the last five minutes of the game. That was Anthony no Lynn's doubt. problem. And they were at least tougher. Yep. They're not tougher now. I mean, yep. And Anthony Lim wouldn't have picked up wouldn't have picked up Bosa's helmet. <laughs> the water boy, the water boy moment where he handed homeboy the helmet My and favorite. then he just threw the helmet again was My the favorite. ultimate sign of disrespect. My it favorite. Was, that was I mean like, I put that put that put that in he, loot. He like got, that was unbelievable. Bosa got that's his second unsportsmanlike. He got the unsportsmanlike for arguing holding on the two point play that didn't that failed how for did Jacksonville. He, get, he should how have been ejected. Out of the, exactly. Should, that's what I thought. Second I thought he was going to get ejected. is an ejection. They blew it. Now, and Mike, the, Mike, ahead, we have to talk about this. You know, I don't know what you have in pressing three. I don't read them, but mm -hmm. we have to discuss. Mm -hmm. You know, we got we got Sean Hockley coming up here. We, you know, surprisingly, our our good friend, our, our Sean Hockley is going to entertain us the first thing Saturday, Sunday, uh, Saturday afternoon, and then we got, and then uh, the second game we've got Cleet Blakeman. Eagle fans are delighted about that. They're thirteen and one again with Cleet Blakeman as the official, so they love that. And then the third game we have, we've got Carl Cheffers. And then the fourth game we got Vinovich. Where's where is our man Scott Novak? Where is he? Well, the bad news is you got Brad Allen in the wild card round. So I think you're getting Brad Allen in. This guy, you know, they came up with this expedited review that they've snuck in on all of us. Where'd that come from? I, yes. Where did that come? Yes. I said on the podcast it was like the Adams family. Like thing just pulled up. I don't know where the hell it came from. Expedited review da -da -da -da. must be in place on games with Brad Allen. Four hours for a football game. Have you ever seen a first half two hours and ten minutes long? They wouldn't blow any of the plays dead. They let them all play out, and then at the end they said, oh, there was a timeout before the – oh, there was a delay of game. He Then again, the image of this season in the NFL is Brad Allen staring at the monitor. Eight and a half minutes in Seattle on the Adam sketch. He did it three more times in Buffalo. <laughs> Monday, Monday, can I Monday have one night? more to you? Monday night. I have one more to Go ahead. Go Mike. ahead. Monday night, well, Mike Evans, the, the left foot, <laughs> left knee, right foot, incomplete. They, they, they throw the flag. Eight seconds later, it was a catch. Move the chains. I love this. They've got to employ it, this all the time. All right, so now you're handicapping Jacksonville KC. Mm -hmm. Brad Allen really affected that game back there. He called. He had some horrendous calls in that game that went against Jacksonville. Lyman downfield, offensive pass. I mean, he really he did more to stop Jacksonville than the Kansas City offense. Yeah. Defense, he, I'm sorry. 
it's interesting that for for me the tendencies are i look at two things i look at their tendency to call offensive holding because that's the the greatest thing for an under and their tendency to call defensive pass interference or illegal contact, because that's the greatest thing for an over. Uh, to me, the other things, well, they trend this way, they do this, how many enforced penalties. I mean, I think Benovich, it's, it's well established now that Benovich is the top guy in the game. No doubt. I agree. And that'll be the best game. Now, the other three that are doing this game besides Novak are the three most, uh, uh, I guess I'm saying this wrong, they call the most penalties of any crew. These are the top three calling. So now are we going to get, a weekend where we saw no calls. I like Carl. I like the guy uh, Terry McCauley when he said the pass interference in the Charger game early in the game. You know the guy wasn't looking back for the ball. Nine, ten times out of ten, that's pass interference. They just picked up the flag. They called it and then they picked it up. Are we getting going back to the calling plays? Because I think if you think that, you better play the under in every game. Well, without a doubt, Brad Allen, not a fan of Mike Palm's first segment today, but you know who is? Thomas Gable. He runs the race and sports book at the Borgata. Quote, I'm driving, listening to the show, and love when Mike Palm references Absican, New Jersey on a national <laughs> show. I'm Absican. I'm sorry. Absican. I'm literally laughing while I'm driving. So Thomas Gable, a big fan of Mike Palm, even if Brad Allen isn't. Palm, your thoughts? Well, we do. Thomas Gable's one of the nicest men that I've ever met in my life. And I mean, I've never met him face to face. But he sent me encouragement when we opened Circa. He's always open to talk about the industry. And he's a credit to your show that you guys consistently have him on. He's the best. Can we get a single shot of Mike Palm going to break? Because I believe we're all black today, Johnny Cash style. And that looks looks freaking sharp. We're back with Palm's pressing three next. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other. As Infinity presents... A new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. 
Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Listening to the Lombardi Line on VSIN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, I tell you every day it's the best loyalty program in the game. It's BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. Wager at BetMGM every time you make a wager, whether on the app or the website, you get points. You can use those points to redeem free bets, airfare, travel, and more. Again, greatest loyalty program in the game, BetMGM, 1-800-GAMBLER, 21 years or older. On Thursdays, as we welcome you back, Michael Lombardi, Patrick Maher, of course, Mike Palm. Mike Palm puts the full-court press on Michael Lombardi with Palms pressing three. Let's go. Let's start with number one. All right, Michael, the last three games, the 49ers defense has conceded 500 yards and 7.6 yards per play to Stidham making his first start. 5.1 yards per play to a combination of Trace McSorley and David Blau, and 5.3 yards and 23 points to a Geno Smith-led Seattle team. Not exactly a murderer's row of quarterbacks. Has something been exposed in the highly touted 49ers defense? All of a sudden, it feels like the offense is carrying the team. With the Cowboys and potentially a six-back offense Eagles team, and the Bills and Chiefs looming in their path to a Super Bowl, could it actually be the 49ers' defense rather than their rookie quarterback that is their undoing? I, I agree completely with that theory. First of all, the offense is carrying them. Let's go back to last Saturday or Sunday, whatever Saturday it was. It's 24-17. Great drive by the Niners. Start the second half off. Take eight minutes off the clock. Seattle answers and comes right back. And they fumble. Then the offense makes it 31-17 into the fourth, completely different game. Their offense generates their defense. And let me explain. Their offense generates the ability where the defense can just pin their ears back and rush the passer. But when they can't do that, and you've got to be able to stay in there, they've got to be able to stay in there, and their good offensive play caller, it's going to take a good play caller, is willing to take the six-yard gain, the eight-yard gain, and catch him in man-to-man situations, you got a chance. you got to be able to block them. It's hard. you got to be able to block them. But they're not going to just dominate the game. This is not the o, the 2000 Ravens, nor is it the 2 Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They're not that good. Their secondary is a liability if you can block them. Now, you got to block them. The issue is if you could ever make their offense play from behind – their defense won't stand. I agree. Somebody's going to catch them. Their front doesn't dominate enough as we think it does. As much as the TV wants to make you believe it, people have moved the ball on them. And again, I'll say this in closing, they don't do enough scheme-wise defensively. They do more than when Salah was there, but they still don't do enough. But it's got to be the right play caller against them. Just a quick tease. Number two is very juicy, and I'm excited to hear you ask it. And, Michael, answer it. Go ahead. Well, you're going to have to wait a second, Patrick, because Michael's exactly right about the fumble. Kenneth Walker the third rushed the ball 14 times for 58 yards in the first half, and the Seahawks led at halftime. 
Then you're right. The long drive makes it 24-17. The fumble changed the game because at 31-17, Seattle abandoned Walker and became a drop-back team. Yeah. Different game. Right. So I, from my perspective, right, when I was in the league and at the, at the Patriots or even at the Raiders, it was the offense that set up our defense. We had to hold serve and double the lead. We had to go up 31-17 to make the team play. But if we played in a tight game like sometimes Baltimore made us play in or some of those, it was harder. We didn't play good enough defense consistently. When the offense drives it, it's really challenging, and that's what's happening in San Francisco. Okay, ready now? Because I'm ready. All right, here's the juicy deuce. We spoke last week about the curious case of Lamar Jackson and the lack of reporting on this story. The plot escalated when he didn't even make the trip to Cincinnati. Zero excuse for that. Clearly, the relationship is fractured, and we weren't as wrong as we might have seemed to think to be when we thought that the Ravens believed he did not rush to get back on the field and his not playing didn't thrill them. Going forward, everyone is drawing a line between between Tom Brady and the Raiders because of Josh McDaniels, and if Brady was going to go anywhere, that does seem like a good fit, but Michael, if you're the Raiders, how good would Lamar look in the silver and black with all those weapons? He has never had a number one wide receiver, let alone a Devontae Adams. And indoors on the fast track and not throwing in the wind seems like a great fit, correct? Wouldn't you rather pay Lamar for five years than Tom Brady for one or two? (laughs) Yeah, the difference in that is you're paying, you're going to have to satisfy the Ravens. So if Russell Wilson went for this, what do you got to pay the Ravens to get Lamar? I think the question isn't the Raiders. I think what does Miami do? That's where he wants to go. Miami doesn't have a first-round pick. I think they are fed up with where they are. I think they're fed up. I think the Roman tells us they're fed up with where they are offensively. But their alternative is what? See, if they would have kept Roman – they would have said, we'll bring in any quarterback. We'll, we'll do the Brock Purdy thing. We'll draft Kenny Pickett and just try to – we'll run the ball and hopefully he won't beat us and we'll get a lot of assets for, for Lamar. But they didn't do that. They changed. So that tells me they're going to try to repair this relationship a little bit. Not that they're going to acquiesce to him, but I think they're going to try to pair. The team that I think is lurking on this is Miami because Lamar wants to go back to Florida. Now, the Raiders, they would be really good with them. And McDaniels would be able to craft an offense around his strengths, which is the middle of the field passing game. That's the key. It's the same thing. Lamar and Brady are the same kind. They're different players. But where they throw the football is exactly the same inside the numbers. Was throwing in the win a clever nod to Bob Dylan? Um, You made it one. Now, number (laughs) three, Michael, is a corollary to number two. If you were running an NFL team... Would you rather pay Lamar Jackson or Daniel Jones for the next five years? And can you believe this is even a fair debate the way the two started their careers? Jones has shown what a difference coaching and system make. Right. So I know that Lamar can make spectacular plays, superstar plays. But if I got to play Lamar, if I got to pay 50 million a year for Lamar, I got to ask myself the question, how's my team look around them? If Daniel Jones wants 40, I pass. If Daniel Jones was willing to do 25 and say, take that extra 15 and go get five, go get three $5 million a year players and we'll be a better team, I'm in on Daniel Jones. 
Because Daniel Jones is, we're limited in where we can go. I'm not falling for the he played good against Minnesota. Go through the team, go through the season this year. He had a lot of 180-yard passing days because they limited what he did. He had a 300-yard passing game against the the Vikings twice. So like I, I don't count that. It, you know he had a good game against Detroit. I don't count that. Like I want to see him do it against great defenses. But that being said, if he's willing to be part of the solution, not I have to pay you like the solution, then I can't. It's it's proven over time that when you give a quarterback all the money and he's not elite at the elitist level, he can't win the game on his own, it's a problem. Brady took less money. He sacrificed his wallet for championships. If Daniel Jones is willing to do that, I'll go that way because i got to be really good with Daniel Jones. i got to have a lot of good players around him. But I can manage him. Lamar's another situation. I'm not sure Lamar's I could pay him fifty million and feel like, okay, everything's gonna be fine. I gotta design the right offense around him. If Circa hung odds on Brady's team next year, who would be the favorites, Mike Palm? Well I I would make it the Raiders, but remember Michael Lombardi when we when we sped round him up when we when we got him out of his comfort zone. He went with Saints. He went he went Peyton back to Saints, and Brady joins Peyton. So I, I don't know how strong the Ra- Raiders might be a very lukewarm favorite. I, I think the I think the Raiders are going to certainly be interested. It's the Raiders have to have two prong pr- plan. They got to if we sign Brady, what are we doing? I mean, what are we doing? It's a one year. It's we can't. We we're not signing Brady and saying it's five years. You know, you got you got to solve this problem. You know, you got to solve it moving forward. Whereas some teams be might have the solve. You know, San Francisco, we got Purdy. Okay, we signed Brady. Or Sean Payton goes to Carolina and signs him for a year while he tries to build the program around him. You know, it makes sense if he goes to if he goes to Carolina. I don't know that, but I think the one thing I do know, Brady's going to go somewhere where he absolutely trusts the decision maker is calling the plays and will be hand in hand with him in terms of running the team. The answer, my friend, is Blow throwing me. in the wind, Mike Palm. <laughs> um, See, we brought it all back. Yeah. We brought it all back. You're, you, you guys are wonderful together. Now, I want to say, <laughs> I want to say that on Saturday, everybody in the world is going to be either the money line parlay, Chiefs to Eagles, or teasing the Chiefs to. We're going to need, we're going to need one of these two dogs to win this game because the world will be on the two one seeds. Yeah. Mike, do you uh, real quickly? I know we got to run. Do you yeah. think the number in Kansas City and Philly are going up because of the teasers, not because of the bets it's, against uh, for the Chiefs? Yeah, that's that's the numbers always move because of teaser protection, and you saw it last weekend with those games. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Great job, Mike Palm. You're the best. Thanks. Tremendous. Bill job, AD, Mike go Palm. buy him a drink at the Lombard, will you? Bill AD, yeah, go yeah. buy him a drink. I think Thank Bill you, AD's Mike. got his hands full. That'd be the first yeah. one, Michael. If you, if you check out Bill AD's Twitter feed, he's got his hands full. Mike Palm, you know this. Uh, Mike Palm, stick around. Big Bets is coming up next. We'll see you tomorrow here on the Lombardi Line. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer.
Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free at 